Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to our time of prayer and scripture. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Hope you had a great weekend, and uh, we are together now to delve into the Word of God and also to pray for each other. Leave your intentions in the comments so that we can know specifically what prayer needs uh, you have and how we can lift you and your loved ones up to the Lord. So I want to read two scriptures uh, for you today, Book of Exodus and also from the Gospel of Matthew, and draw out a comparison between the two. A reading from the book of Exodus. A new king who knew nothing of Joseph came to power in Egypt. He said to his subjects, Look how numerous and powerful the people of the children of Israel are growing, more so than we ourselves. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them to stop their increase. Otherwise, in a time of war, they too may join our enemies to fight against us and so leave our country. Accordingly, taskmasters were set over the children of Israel to oppress them with forced labor. Thus, they had to build for Pharaoh the supply cities of Python and Ramses. Yet the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. The Egyptians then dreaded the children of Israel and reduced them to cruel slavery, making life bitter for them with hard work and mortar and brick and all kinds of field work the whole cruel fate of slaves. Pharaoh then commanded all his subjects, Throw into the river every boy that is born to the Hebrews, but you may let all the girls live. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, we read the following. Jesus said to his apostles, Do not think that I have come to bring peace upon the earth, I have come to bring not peace, but the sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's enemies will be those of his household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever receives a righteous man because he is righteous will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because he is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. When Jesus finished giving these commands to his twelve disciples, he went away from that place to teach and to preach in their towns. You know, many find it surprising and amazing that Jesus would say one's enemies will be those of his own household. Although 
Many will not find that surprising if they have people in their household, you know, we don't get to choose our, our relatives, who are opposed to the faith, who are maybe ridiculing or mocking their pro-life stance. But we have to put this in the context of, you know, one's own enemies are also found in one's own heart. Remember, sin divides us from ourselves. It doesn't only divide us from God, from others, from nature. It divides us from ourselves. And as Paul says, you know, I have this, this war within myself. I know what is right. I want what is good. I find myself doing what is evil. I don't even understand it. Well, we're divided. And that's part of the wound of sin. So yes, one's enemies are in his own heart as well as in his own household. That which would lead us to sin. But notice what's happening here. In the first reading, we have the wrong kind of division. In the Gospel reading, we have the right kind of division. Jesus is showing us the right kind of division between truth and falsehood, between those who would follow the light those versus those who would run away from the light or even try to snuff it out, between those who take up their cross and those who do the crucifying. This is the right kind of division, and there will always be this division. And Jesus doesn't give us a mission to end that kind of division. You can't end a division between good and evil, truth and falsehood, sin and grace. You know, I saw the most ridiculous Instagram post the other day from a priest who was saying, oh, well, you know, uh, our wonderful Pope Francis reminds us that we can't be following these rigid rules and regulations, but, you know, we're sometimes uh, so sure of our own uh, positions, our own understanding of Scripture and church teaching, but we have to welcome those others. Now, it would be one thing if he had said we have to welcome the others who think differently so that we can lead them to the truth of Christ, but that's not what he was saying. He was saying we shouldn't be so arrogant in our certainty about what the Word of God says. And so what exactly is it that we do to the others? Kind of welcome them on an equal par in our shared ignorance? That's what he was saying. Sounds so ridiculous. We have the word of truth, brothers and sisters. This is part of what being free means. The truth will set you free because you'll know it. You'll know what's good. You'll be able to lead yourselves, your families, your nation, and even sinners. I mean, how is it a spiritual work of mercy to instruct the ignorant and to admonish sinners if we don't know what is true and what is good? God help that priest and all who listen to him. So, you got the right kind of division. What's the wrong kind of division that we see in the first reading? Well, first of all, we see, uh, we see birth control here. On a national level, when the Egyptians are expressing a communal fear that reflects the individual fear in a person who feels they have to practice birth control because it's like, oh, I'm afraid of what will happen if I have a child or if I have too many children. 
Essentially, the Egyptians are saying, we're afraid of what will happen if we have too many Israelites. We're not in control. They may fight with our enemies in a war. So let's exercise forced birth control. Let's enslave them, and let's go so far as killing every one of their newborn boys. Throw them in the river. Birth control and abortion are fueled by Fears, many of them imaginary fears. Not that the circumstances of difficulty that a pregnant mom may find herself in are imaginary. No, they're real difficulties and we appreciate them and we help and, and, and work with such people. But look at the mentality that leads to genocide. Look at the mentality that leads to forced abortion. Look at the mentality that leads to this infanticide. Fear. Fast forward to Matthew's Gospel, King Herod, it was the same thing. He heard about the birth of the newborn king, and he and all Jerusalem, again, it was a communal thing, were troubled by it. They're troubled by a child, a powerful king in an entire city, troubled by a little baby. That's the irrational fear that fuels the culture of death. So let us oppress them even though they're doing nothing wrong. There's the bad kind of division. There's the division that we do have to overcome. There's the division that is not rooted intrinsically in the difference between good and evil, but there's the division that we impose on the community. We impose on other people, not because something they're doing is wrong. That's the division Jesus came to bring by sharply enlightening us about the difference between good and evil and urging us to choose good and reject evil. And those who embrace evil, therefore, are going to become our enemies even in our own household. That's intrinsic to the thing we're rejecting. We're not imposing anything on that. We're not creating the division. We're not inventing the difference between the true and the false, the good and the evil. But in this case, the Egyptians are creating a false division because of a false fear, a selfish fear. It's not because of anything bad that the Israelites are doing. It's because of their selfish fears that they are then inflicting a division that takes its form in slavery and infanticide. What's going on today? This is the culture of death. This is the culture of abortion. Fueled by fear. This is the false division, the division between the born and the unborn, saying the unborn have no value. Let's get rid of them. Let's throw them in the river. Let's throw them in the garbage. Let's throw them in the incinerator. Or let's sell their body parts for money. This is the false division. The Israelites aren't doing anything wrong. You know it's a false division when the person you're dividing yourself against hasn't done anything wrong. They're doing good. They're growing. They're loving their families. They're reproducing. They're doing their work. They're minding their business. You come along and you introduce a false division based on your selfishness, your ambition, your fear. That's the kind of division God doesn't want. But when the other person is doing evil, embracing falsehood, opposing justice, harming the nation, killing the unborn, oh yeah. Yeah, that's a division that you want to highlight. Because we can only be saved when we divide, 
good from evil, right from wrong, truth from falsehood, grace from sin. That's why Jesus, and that's the, the nature of what He means when He says He brings the sword. Of course you have to bring a sword to divide good from evil. Spiritual sword we're talking about. Otherwise you can't stay on the narrow road that leads to eternal life. Let's pray. Father, we pray for every participant here, every member of our audience. Continue to grow that audience, Lord, and continue to keep us on the right side of the division. We pray for family members who may be far from the faith, who may be rejecting and ridiculing the very things we stand for and work for and sacrifice for, fight for, pray for. Bring them to conversion. Wake them up. We pray, Lord, for our fellow citizens that vote the wrong way and support these Democrats who are destroying our nation, destroying life, destroying freedom. Lord, every last one of them, take them out of office. May our people vote them out rapidly, effectively. Lord, we pray in these upcoming elections that there won't be a single Democrat left in office. Because they've embraced evil. And we must bring about a clear division, a clear separation between the evil they stand for and the good our nation stands for. Bless us, Lord, in this battle. Lord, bless all those who are sick. Bring them health. All those who minister to them, give them strength and love to serve. Give us compassion. Bless the unborn. Protect them from the abortionist's knife. Bless those who are afraid to be parents. Inspire them with generosity and confidence in your providence and in your provision. Bless all of us as a nation. Save America. Save America from those who hate America. And Lord, bring peace in the world. And we pray now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, friends, thanks for joining me. Spread the word about our daily scriptures. If this is nourishing and encouraging to you, bring it to others so that we can inspire them as well. And support our work. We rely only on you. It's not like the pro-abortion groups that get these multi-million dollar grants from the government. We rely on you. So please go to ProLifeGift.org. I'm really asking you out of need here, especially in these summer months. ProLifeGift.org. Give us a little gift today. Give us a little something extra. ProLifeGift.org. Thank you in advance, and we will talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.